Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. I'm glad that you tuned in today. This is the Millennium Beat. I'm your host, Kevin James. Today I have Paul Turner with me. He used to be a youth pastor. He's currently an author, blogger, youth ministry coach, speaker, and he does a lot of other things. He'll tell you more about that in the interview. Paul, I'd like to thank you for being on the show today. Hey, Kevin. Thank you for having me back on the Millennium Beat here. Good to be back with you. Paul, as I said, we've known each other for 25 years. What is going on right now in Paul Turner's life? Uh, I am currently, uh, I am a uh, delivery driver for an air conditioning supply company uh, here in the Birmingham area. And I've uh, been at that job now for about two and a half weeks. Uh, I am continuing to uh, work on things like my podcast and my YouTube channel and uh, lots of other things in that regard and still doing ministry and still going and being able to share and speak. Uh, But I took uh, this job um, because of just this past year, as crazy as it's been, uh, God did some uh, did some things in my heart and did some things in my life uh, that kind of led me to this job. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah, Paul, we were talking a little bit earlier that you have a YouTube channel. Why don't you tell people where that YouTube channel is and what is it about? Oh yeah! If you want to, uh, if you want to catch any of my videos, most of the videos uh, that I do are there to encourage and support youth workers. Uh, I do training videos. Um, uh, you know, I talk about uh, youth rooms and youth room design. Uh, there's plenty of games up there. If you want to find out any of those, uh, you can go to YouTube.com/slash Jedi for Hire, and uh, there'll be plenty of videos on there. I think I'm over. Uh, I've had over 1 million views, not on one video, but across the platform. I've had over a million views. There's well over 700 videos on there and, uh, and uh, close to, close to 6,000 subscribers. Okay, Paul, I need to ask you this question. How did you come up with a name Jedi for hire for your YouTube channel? Uh, you know what? I've always kind of felt uh, this kind of mercenary type uh, uh, spirit in the sense that I always felt like I could, uh, you know, that I could help somebody, you know, kind of like the Magnificent Seven, uh, where they, you know, a town basically hires them for nothing to come in and protect them. Uh, so I thought Jedi for Hire just sounded good. I, first of all, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I thought, yeah, I'm like a Jedi for Hire now. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, a youth pastor, a youth worker uh, who works with other youth workers who. Um, has been practicing at this for a very long time. I don't think I'm at the Jedi level. I think Jedi is more of a, uh, a goal than, uh, than an existence for me. Uh, but, uh, but that's where I, I just thought about the name. And I'd be honest with you, I probably didn't even think uh, at the time that I named the channel that, uh, that it was even going to become a youth worker channel. I don't even know what I was thinking. I thought uh, Jedi for Harrison good. Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> if I had, if I had any idea that it would become, a much bigger platform for youth work and other things. And I probably would have thought a little, a little bit more, but I'm, I'm happy with the name. I'm happy with Jedi for hire. Paul, in our pre-show, we were talking a little bit about our book that you wrote. It's not actually a workbook. It's actually a playbook. Let's talk about that playbook. Is I write, uh, if they go to the disciple and click on blog, uh, I have over a thousand, uh, articles there on youth work, ministry, uh, soul care, uh, those kind of things. And uh, one of the things that I've written is uh, a, an equipping book called 
my youth ministry playbook. And my youth ministry playbook is uh, a jam-packed, if I can just kind of flip through it here, it is jam-packed with all kinds of forms. Uh, it's It's got worksheets, it's got articles, it's got the calendar in there for youth workers who are interested in saying, look, what's my monthly to do, right? This is Uh, It has the calendar over here. It's got my goals for the month, Uh, all these things. And it's just a simple tool for youth workers. This is my third edition of this. This is uh, the 2021. And uh, I just always felt in my heart that youth workers need something. I know, look, we have plenty of devices, but I don't know how many youth workers are planning their whole calendar on their device. There's a small amount of those people maybe who put every event in. You know, I talked to a youth worker on YouTube the other day who does spreadsheets. Mm. He is intense about his scheduling, which I think is fantastic. Uh, but most youth workers are writing their calendar like on the back of a Taco Bell napkin, <laughs> right? So they're like, hey, what, what activities are we going to do this month? You know, oh, we got this and nothing wrong with that either. But what I try to do is say, look, let's have a book. Let's have something, a simple tool and a simple resource where they have all their plans in here. Um, they can work if they bought multiple copies, they could, um, you know, buy some for their staff and it'd be something they worked on together as a team. Uh, like I said, they, I think they need this for organizational purposes, but it's also things like, you know, how do I, there's a, this, uh, a form in here called, uh, called the preacher's scorecard. You know, how many times after a message do you review what you're, what you've just said, or how do you prepare? You know, I got nine killer communication tips in here that youth workers, especially ones that are just starting out can really grow from. So this is what, this is not just, you know, a bunch of calendars. That's why I call it a playbook instead of a planner. Any planner can give you a bunch of dates and an empty calendar. What they can't tell you is what to write down in there. Right. Right. And what I try to do is make sure that a youth worker is well-equipped to not only just do calendar stuff, but to plan, to organize and to, uh, execute on the dreams that God has given them for their youth ministry. Definitely, if you're in youth ministry, you should check out Paul's playbook. I think it will definitely will help you. Paul, let's get into a little bit of our theme that we talked about earlier in the pre-show, something that we want to discuss. God's promises are more incredible than our plans. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, um, the goal, I think, of me coming in today is simply to talk to your audience about plans. We make plans all the time, right? We make plans. we got plans for the weekend. We have plans for summer. We have plans for vacation. And many people this year, 2020, plans just went out the window. People who were going to start restaurants, people who had big dreams, people that were going to go to college, people that were going to do things. It just seemed like all of that just went by the wayside for a lot of people. Uh, and there was a, a, a collective disappointment with this year, I think. And I, uh, was going through for myself, uh, you know, that this year was not so much about COVID for me. COVID was a thing. In fact, I had COVID, uh, I was never officially tested for it, but I am a hundred percent sure that I had it in January when I was uh, doing a wedding down in Florida. And, and, and that, I mean, my year started off really good. I mean, I went to Hawaii, right. To, uh, to speak to a bunch of youth workers. And really that had been my goal all along. I've been out of, of youth pastoring, uh, in a full-time church position for about two and a half years going on three years. And, 
my goal, my plan, my plan was to simply do that for the rest of my life, right? To say, look, I want to sustain myself uh, with speaking and all those things. And uh, God has blessed me. God has allowed opportunity after opportunity to uh, allow me to do those things. Uh, but there comes a point in everybody, and those that are listening, maybe those, some of your listeners have been affected by disappointment, uh, whether it's because of COVID or because of other things, other things that have transpired that have nothing to do with that. But they've experienced this great letdown with uh, their plan, uh, their relationship with God, that they thought God was going to do something and that didn't happen and that impacted their relationship with God. And for me, this year was really about coming to terms with my plans, what I had as a plan. And once again, there was nothing, God wasn't offended with my plan. God wasn't uh, like, hey, that's a stupid plan. God was like, um, listen, uh, that's a great plan, but I, I have I have something kind of better than that is really what I felt like. And before I got this job, um, at the uh, doing deliveries, uh, I was a maintenance man for a year, and that was a really, really hard year. Um, you know, going from you know being a youth pastor and being a, a speaker and a communicator, and I, I'd be lying to say if there wasn't some pride involved there. That uh, in doing these things, I felt like you know that I had taking a real step back. And by the way, anybody that, if you're a maintenance worker or anything like that, that is, that is not a, uh, a slight against that. That had to do with my issues of saying, look, God, you know, I've spent 30 years, uh, you know, working with teenagers, speaking, writing, creating all those things. I just, you know, me, God, God and I had some serious conversations about, um, you know, being in uh, a maintenance position, which there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the job. There's nothing wrong with the the tasks. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. I appreciated the job. It was a godsend uh, that God sent it to me. Um, it, I always compared it to, I mean, everything was compared to what I thought should be happening versus what is happening. I had a break from reality, okay? I had a break from uh, from what, you know, that part of me that says, look, what is happening is not the vision or the plan that I had in mind. And it was super discouraging, super disheartening because I've spent now uh, the past two and a half years trying to build, uh, you know, a career and uh, a ministry focused on working with youth workers and coaching youth workers um, and being able to encourage them. And I myself uh, just went through this massive struggle with God. God and I had so many conversations and it always wound up with me uh, just being disheartened at some point um, because God was God, in my opinion, God was not upholding his end of whatever deal I thought we had. And so this year was um, extremely tough. That had nothing to do with COVID. It had everything to do with being able to give up my plans in favor of God's promises. All right, Paul, let's talk about what lessons did you learn from these last two jobs that you've had? Well, certainly he taught me humility. Uh, that's clear. That's that's abundantly clear that I needed some more humility in my life, which was fine. I mean, I welcome that. Um, you know, my, my, you know, the, 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 you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? Scripture mm -hmm. says, uh, the fact that, um, that I had to be broke down in some way, 
Um, you know, God had a plan. I mean, God cared more about me than he cared about my plans, which I'm thankful for. You know, God doesn't have to honor all our plans, right? God doesn't have to, you know, he's not a wishing well. Um, what he chose to do rather was draw me to himself. And, and even if, even if, look, God's not, God's not mad. God wasn't mad with my plans. And he doesn't mind that if I, you know, pitched a royal fit, which I did several times about my plans and his plans and why they were in such disagreement with each other. And, uh, and, and so this year, the lessons learned was, first of all, was, you know, humility, right? Uh, number two, probably says, Paul, you know, you're, you're a small potato in the, in the garden of life right? That, that listen, for all my big ideas and all my uh, aspirations and, and all my, uh, uh, you know, big plan making uh, and all those things, God was saying, look, you're a small potato in this thing. This, there's a lot of other things going on in the world. You're not the most important thing in the world, Paul. Your plans are not the most important thing. You know, I have a big picture, right? right. And you are right here in the, in your, your, barely noticeable right there in the corner of the big picture of things. And you have to, you know, my God, if I felt like I was saying, look, you have to understand there's other things going on that I'm doing that have nothing to do with your plans. Your plans are fine. You're working hard. You're, you're doing, you know, some good things. And, and I'm proud of you for those things, but I'm trying to get you to another place and your plans, quite frankly, are getting in the way. Uh, so, so learning the lessons of saying, look, working a maintenance job or working, uh, you know, uh, a delivery job, you know, and I've had plenty of those jobs over the past two and a half years. You know, I've worked, you know, you know, grimy, you know, construction jobs. I've worked Grubhub. I've worked multiple things and I've tried, you know, that hard work is part of making a dream happen. If you have big dreams, by the way, if your listeners are working on big dreams, let me tell you something, it's going to require some big work on your part. You know, God's not just going to come forward and just kind of hand it to you. Uh, you know, no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we we beg, no matter how much we do any of those things, it's just a matter of saying, "Look, I'm going to work hard at it." But even then, no matter how hard you work, if your plans are getting in the way of an intimate relationship with God, then those plans are not very good. All right, Paul, we've heard this in different places, such as TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, maybe even Twitter. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself, what words of wisdom would you give yourself? Well, I would tell myself you need to start a retirement account okay. because we're talking youth ministry is a great job. It's a lousy career. Right. Uh, nobody is watching and nobody is watching out for your money. And in the, and the mentality is that God will take care of it. Right. God's going to take care of everything. Yes. And no, right? We have a responsibility to be financially wise, all those things. Uh, I would have told my younger self, you need to start a retirement account. And I go back and say, look, save your money. Um, you know, I would, I may have told myself too, is to go ahead and get your four year degree. I'm probably a class or two short of my AA degree, my associate's degree, mm -hmm. and then, you know, being able to go on. But that's just not the path that I was on. You know, it just wasn't in my, I got my first youth ministry job, uh, when I was 22 and, uh, and that's what I did for 30 years. So for me, it, you know, that's the job I always wanted since I was, 
you know, 17 years old. And uh, that's what I want to be. I want to be a youth pastor. I want to be like the guys that were in my life, who my youth pastors, who taught me tremendous lessons, who invested in me uh, and all that. And that's what I wanted to be. And I think another thing I would tell my younger self is don't romanticize the calling, right? Don't, don't get so caught up in the glory of the calling that you miss some very practical things that you have to do to take care of things like your family, right? Uh, taking care of your finances, taking care of your health, taking care of some very basic things that you have to take care of that God's not going to handle everything for you. You, st- you are still the, the CEO of your life. You have to make decisions every day of how you do these things. God's just not going to sweep in and do that. So I would go back and tell my younger self, you know, diversify your life. Get good at other things, right? And thankfully, the Lord brought me along, helped me to you know write, uh, gave me gifts to write, create videos. Uh, you know, I can edit video, I can you know edit audio, I can write for various things, and have done projects for other people. So you know, that's that's you know, praise God that uh, that God allowed me to have some gifts and talents. That were gonna that were gonna serve me now, um, when I wasn't necessarily thinking it, about it back then. So yeah, that's what I would do. I'd go back and, and tell myself a few of those things. I think that's great wisdom to yourself when you were younger. But being on this time travel thought, let's jump twenty years into the future. What do you think is going on then? Well, uh, I took this job that I have now. I call it my retirement job. Uh, because they uh, put money into my account, not from uh, you know, not from my. They don't take money out of my account, They're uh, my paycheck, and put it in my retirement. They take money out of their pocket and put it in my account based on based on a percentage on my check. So I'm thinking to myself, look, I'll I'll work this job for the next ten years. It's not going to bother me uh, to do that. It would have bothered me. It bothered me probably two months ago to think that, well, I'm going to have to give up my plan to do this, right? But I eventually, you eventually have to be responsible with some things. You can't just keep doing, I've done crazy things, man. I've done crazy stuff. My family will tell you that because I believed certain things or because I thought it was the right thing or whatever it is, or, or that it was God's will. You know, whatever it is, I can't, I can't, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So I am at this point kind of done with crazy things, unless God does something else. But uh, I'm kind of done with the crazy stuff. So for the next, I would like to, for the next 20 years, that I will be, let's see, I'll be 73. And by 73, uh, I have learned this. I'm not making a lot of plans. I have wishes and desires but I'm not throwing all my eggs in one basket. So my, my dreams, goals, and plans are in the Lord's hands, not mine. So what I would like to be able to do is I would love to still be coaching youth workers, offering advice. Um, I would like whatever medium, whatever platforms, whatever, whatever social media platforms or video platforms or teaching platforms or podcasts or whatever, however this evolves. I would like to be 73 years old and still contributing to um, younger generations of youth workers, those who work with youth, (coughs) excuse me, those uh, who are 
young ministers, uh, whoever that may be. I would like to, in 20 years, you know, be a part of those things. But, you know, I'd also like to have great relationships with my kids, which I think I do. Uh, I'd still love to have a, you know, great relationship with my wife. I would like us to be taking time together uh, to do some things with my, you know, kids and uh, all those kinds of things. You know, at the end of the day, uh, and for those that are listening, uh, you know, you should always be the most generous, the most kind, the most loving with those who are going to show up at your funeral, no matter what, because there's a lot of people <coughs> whom we give ourselves away to, whether that be pastors that we work for or bosses or people who just don't give a rip about your life. We give them our best. And those folks are not showing up to our funeral. They're, those guys, they might send flowers, God bless them. But at the end of the day, you know, I want to make sure that that at 73, there is no question as to where my loyalties lie, that my commitment at first is to my faith and to God and to my family, that I will give my best to them for the next 20 years. And uh, there was a time when my wife did not believe that. And she told me so. She says, look, if it was a choice between ministry and me, I'm not sure you would choose me. And that was a powerful statement. And from that point on, I had to reconsider some things. And, uh, and so I've tried to give my best to my kids and to my wife and to those that are closest to me and those who love me most. Um, you know, that's not to say that I don't serve or don't care for other people. It just means I'm going to give my best uh, to those who are closest to me and not worry about you know, all the other people or all other places, you know, that um, require something of me and I will give what is required of me uh, and I will serve best I can. But at the end of the day, uh, my best and my heart goes to those who are going to be at my funeral uh, come come someday. Well, definitely you've been a mentor to many people. I mean, as I said, I've known you for well over 25 years. And you have a friendship with you that is like, I can't see you for a year and we can pick up where we left off. I mean, that, yes. it's very rare. I mean, you're probably <coughs> the probably the longest I've known anybody in my life. Uh, anybody else in after that? So, all right, let's wrap it up a little bit. We've been doing really good. I know that you have another interview right after this, so I'm going to give you time to prepare for that. But let's close. Let's talk to the audience a little any yes. thoughts that you want them to end with in their head, um, closing, and then maybe pray for them, and then we'll 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 end the show from there. So let's go. Well, sure. And listen uh, to the audience that I'm speaking to. First of all, God loves you. God cares about you, and, and plans are good. There's nothing wrong with plans, right? In and of itself, but sometimes plans can become an idol. Uh, they can become the the uh, the most important thing in our lives and we will shove people away and we will push people out of the way and we'll do all those things. And, uh, and I think about a comment that somebody wrote on my Facebook when I talked about plans and I talked about God's promises being greater than my plans. Somebody wrote this on my Facebook and I, I'll mention no names. And it just says in my sixties now, I'm sure if he, God, had a plan, he forgot to pass it on. Thought working, uh, I, I thought working at this job was just the beginning. Nope, all downhill after that. And it's such a, um, a commentary on disappointment, 
right? There are some of you that are listening today that have, you have suffered some great disappointments. Hey, that could be a marriage. That can be a career. That can be, uh, you know, where you thought you'd be 10 years from now and you're not there. Let me encourage you that God's plans, uh, God's promises are greater than our plans. And when I took these jobs, when I'm working in the job I'm in right now, as a the, the the calling doesn't change. The Bible talks about our callings are irrevocable, right? Do I still have the ability to minister and love people and write and do those things? Yes, have all those intact, right? Uh, there are plenty of people working jobs who are overqualified for the jobs that they're working based on degree, based on knowledge, based on experience, all those things. Uh, but listen. I, if you're disappointed, let me encourage you to look into God's word and start looking at God's promises for you. They're greater than your plans. They're greater than those things. Uh, you know, these plans that you're disappointed over with and that eventually some of maybe some of you have been disappointed with God because he didn't fulfill some end of a bargain that you thought you had with him. And I love what Psalms 119.140 says. The psalmist says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. Your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, God's promises have been tested. Our plans haven't been tested. They're, they're, we're, we're, you know, shooting in the dark, as they say. And God is saying to you today, I believe, and saying to me, as he said to me, Listen, just put your plans on the altar for me. Let me come through for you in ways that you never thought. I know you have your ideals. You have your ideal way of, of how this is supposed to go. He says, look, if you'll just submit your plans to me, it, it'll be even better than you thought. And that's where I'm at right now in my own life. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, since I've done that, since I've laid my plans on the altar, and let me tell you something, guys, it took a long time. It took a long, long time to reach that point. And uh, and for me to lay it down was hard. It's hard to lay down your dream. It's hard to lay down your goal. It's hard to lay down your plan. But I have been at more peace and more um, at ease with my life since I have done that. And my encouragement to you is, you know, to, to just trust the Lord with your plans, submit them, let God vet them, let God, you know, let God just tear them apart if he has to and put them back together the way he wants to. Because if you'll do that, you know, I believe the peace of God will guard your hearts, you know, submit those plans to him, not for approval. Don't, you know, for me, it was like, here, God, here's my plans. I need you to kind of rubber stamp the whole deal and just say, I'm good. When in reality, the bigger plan and the bigger picture is our relationship with God. So what if our plans, there are plenty of plans that come to fruition and yet something has suffered because those plans went forward. Um, and so my encouragement is, you know, stay with uh, the the key thing, which is your relationship with the Lord. And if you need to put your plans on the back burner, then put them there, put them, put them on the altar, let the Lord have them and just begin to thank the Lord for the promises of God. 
Thank him for his promises that are greater than our plans. Thank God, uh, you know, thank the Lord for, for Jesus who says, come unto me, all ye who are weary and, and broken, and I will give you rest, right? That's the promise. And that's greater than any book I've written or resource I've done or video I've created, you know, any of those things. I have to remember and find perspective in those things. So put your plans on the altar, give them to the Lord and let God work them out. If you allow me, I'm just going to pray for you. For those who are listening to this, who are filled with disappointment, you, maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're like that, that person that was on my Facebook and you feel like God has just left you out, right? Because your plans did not come to fruition. Just because our plans do not come to fruition doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan. It just means we're not tapped into that. It just means we're we're still fighting for what we want. And ultimately, that's what does our plans in, is fighting, constantly grinding, constantly scratching and clawing to make something happen that, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, may not bring the satisfaction we want. So let's go ahead and just pray and just submit our plans. Lord, Lord, we love you. We thank you. I pray for every person that's listening. I pray, God, that their hearts are before you right now. And we pray, God, uh, we bring before you our disappointments. We bring before you crushed plans. We bring before you those things that were supposed to happen this year that did not happen this year because of uh, COVID or because of other things where we submit our plans to you and we say, Lord, the greatest plan I can ever get a hold of is the plan that you had for us at the very beginning. And that was to have a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the plan I want. That is the plan I need. That is the plan I cannot live without. All other plans are subject to those plans. So Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, those who are listening are praying along with me and some are even weeping uh, and crying because this is the breaking point for them. Uh, this is the moment they needed to be free. This was the moment they needed to uh, put it before the Lord and allow this thing to die so they could get free, you know, of the plan that they had created and uh, and be able to break through and have that relationship with you that had taken a back uh, back seat to our plans. And so, Father, I thank you for every person that's listening, every person that's uh, going to hear this and is listening now. Uh, we bless you and we keep you, Lord. We ask you to keep us. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, you've been watching and listening to The Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I've had Paul Turner on the show today. Paul, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll have you again on sometime soon in the future. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story. So write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020.
Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. 